1: Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to You have that killer instinct.
0: I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM grand buffet to the face, man.
2: What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, joined with Sam Gordon, our boxing writer, and our MMA writer, Adam Hill. We are brought to you by DoorDash, Pepsi, and Bet Online, And we're going to get into the latest happening in the MMA and boxing world. So make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to keep up with everything that we're doing. So I think we have to start here, Adam. McGregor, Poirier. Dana White says that this is a bout that could happen in January. But we've also heard that McGregor is going to probably do some boxing with Manny Pacquiao. So what is the probability right now that you see this bout actually happening? I mean, it would be
1: great if it did. I think it's a really exciting fight that could take place. I know they've been been teasing us with a charity bout, which uh, the UFC would never allow, obviously. Uh, And then they said, well, we'll just do some air sparring, which I don't know why anybody would ever watch that. Uh, So they're trying to... You know they're trying to create some interest. They're trying to generate some headlines and some buzz about potentially uh, squaring off. And I'm sure, listen for Dustin Poirier, it's an unbelievable opportunity. If anybody that gets a chance to fight Conor McGregor, no matter what you think of him or no matter what has been said about him, the red panty night uh, is the you know it's the lasting uh, legacy of Conor McGregor. Of hey, he said it and he was right. Every single fighter that has. Been able to take him on, has made a huge paycheck. They've been able to celebrate that night, and then their next fight is even bigger. It's not just that fight against McGregor. You've become a star after you fight Connor, for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I think it's one that does, Dustin Poirier is obviously very interested in. There's a reason that he's kind of stoking the fire on this. And for Connor McGregor, I think it's an exciting fight that people would want to see. Um, and he also wants to stay relevant. I mean, that's why he posts. DMs from Dana White on Twitter and that's why he's throwing stuff out there like he wants to be in the headlines whether he's fighting or not especially what happened last week Israel Adesanya fought last week and Israel Adesanya is becoming a mega star in this sport and Conor McGregor he does this when Jon Jones fights he does this when all these other stars fight he wants to be out there. He wants to have his name in the headlines when these other guys are getting their shot. So, it uh, makes a lot of sense that Connor is, is kind of out there and, and you know creating some news, and we'll see if anything comes of it. But for now, we can all be excited that that fight could happen. So, Adam,
0: w- what you're telling me is You'd rather see this fight than him against Manny Pacquiao. Dude. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nobody, can, nobody wants to see. Okay. okay. Do we
1: want to see the Pacquiao fight? Yes, it's good for us. It's good for business. It's, people will be interested. They'll click on our story. Sure. All those things are great. It's a stupid fight from a competitive standpoint. It makes zero sense. I don't think anybody is like, man, I really want to see who wins that fight. No, you, you want to see the spectacle of it. You want to see the chaos just like the McGregor and uh, Mayweather fight. All those things. But no, from a competitive standpoint, I have no desire, no interest to see it. But yeah, go ahead and book it. And that's you know, good news for us. Me and Sam will be out there, provide you guys the coverage.
2: Well, you can also argue what if the McGregor-Poirier bout goes the same way as the first one. That wasn't that competitive. I mean, obviously, Dustin Poirier is a different fighter, and this gives him a chance to redeem himself from that well,
1: loss. Connor wasn't was Conor. Was, he, was, he was on the verge of becoming Connor. But that's really the fight that made him... Conor McGregor that we know, the massive superstar. I mean, I guess it more the owl though. But it was it was leading up. It was during the buildup when it was getting bigger and bigger. So now it's it's a different time. Like that was a that was a big fight for Dustin Poirier. Now it's a massive fight.
2: Yeah, and speaking of massive fights, I mean, you talked about Israel Adesanya there. I have to ask, what do you think the chances are that we see him fight John Jones? Probably at 205, because I doubt that John Jones is coming down to 185. Yeah. So it would have to be at 205. It, there's been a lot of talk between them. Um, there was some calling outs. There was a little bit of, uh, I guess, insensitive comments about John Jones' mother, who is deceased, uh, made by Adesanya. So uh, what do you make of that one ever coming together?
1: I mean, I- that's that is one that I obviously want to see I think from a first of all from a trash talking standpoint it would be tremendous there'd be a lot of uh, you know good back and forth between them uh, much more from Adesanya who's a much better talker than John Jones is clearly and Adesanya not only not only comments about John's mom comments about the crash and the drinking and the partying and uh, all kinds of stuff uh, that he's been saying lately so yeah I think that that is one that even you know anybody from a casual fan to a hardcore fan to media people, anybody that's been around the sport, you're like, oh yeah, I want to see that fight happen. I just don't know how much sense it makes. Adesanya uh, has not necessarily a ton of challengers lined up, but he's he's got some fights that he can still take, uh, and some fights that um, are pretty, not. I'm not going to say easy, but some fights that are probable wins that he could also continue to build his brand and build his legacy on uh, and continue to start to clear out that division a little bit. So uh, there's some fights that make sense for him, much more so than John. The reason John left, you know, we, we talk about John leaving, going to heavyweight, looking for a new challenge. The reason he did that, really, who is there at 205? I mean, nobody. We, we I don't even know if we're going to talk about the 205 title being contested last week and uh, Jan Bloch <laughs> uh, getting that victory, but that's who, that's who's in the division right now you look around who's jan fighting like there's nobody there and that's why john left so he's seeking more challenges at heavyweight maybe he says you know what that fight does make some sense i'll come back to 205 i'll fight israel adesanya if he comes up maybe adesanya just goes to 205 and tries to fight for the title there and then he welcomes john back and that would be good for john to say all right you got the title now i'm gonna come back and get it uh that makes some sense to build it up but you just need to find fights that make sense for john jones and i think there's a lot of them at heavyweight but if he's, if he's already trying to put on the weight to go to heavyweight, it's going to be tough maybe to come back down. Uh, and, and I think that there's more challenges for both of them, and maybe they build up to that fight down the road.
2: We are talking about fights that make sense and we had just mentioned and touched on the Pacquiao-McGregor fight and Sam I wanted to get your take on this that Manny Pacquiao is saying that he wants to be a co-promoter for that fight if it uh, all comes to fruition everything goes off like it's supposed to. Uh, I would imagine McGregor would probably want uh, in on that as well. What do you make about Pacquiao wanting to make the most bang for his buck there? How many times do you think we see him back in the ring?
0: Yeah, well, it makes sense, right? We saw the blueprint. We saw what that looked like. Floyd Mayweather laid the blueprint out uh, with really the the latter portion of his career when he got out of his top-rank contract, established Mayweather promotions and then did his own thing. Um that that is the blueprint for for how to how to do this, how to maximize your your money. And um it would make sense for Manny Pacquiao to do that. The the as dull of a fight as Mayweather McGregor was, and you know, Adam can speak to that as well. Um <laughs> That was a, a joke in and of itself. It was a, a big, big, big draw, as Pacquiao-McGregor would be as well. So th- that, yeah, it, it makes a ton of sense. In terms of how many times we're going to see him in the ring, um, t- the time's ticking. clock's ticking. I mean, he's 41. He will be 42 in December. Uh, he hasn't fought in since last July when he beat Keith Thurman here. And th- really, I can see one or two more fights, and that's it. And, and one, one against McGregor from a Pacquiao perspective it makes sense because not only is that an easy win, well, first and foremost, it's an easy win, but then there's the money part of it as well. So I'm not sure who else is, is out there for him to fight. Maybe a Mikey Garcia, uh, maybe a Terrence Crawford, but I think Crawford's out of Pacquiao's league at this stage. So the longer he waits, I think the the list of suitors is going to go down because I don't think he's going to step in the ring with somebody that would just roll him like an Errol Spence or a Terrence Crawford probably would. So um, we'll see, but it's... It, good for him if he wants to promote his own fights. I feel like that's been a long time coming.
2: All right, so uh, speaking of promoting fights, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Justin Gaethje. I feel like I don't even want to talk about it, Adam, because every time I say Khabib's name in uh, accordance with another fight coming up, it it seems to all go wrong. I feel like maybe I'm the jinx of this by talking about it, by even bringing it up, but okay, we're just going to stay positive. This fight could happen here. Justin Gaethje, Khabib Nurmagomedov. They had uh, some press conferences this week uh, leading up to their bout coming up at the end of the month here in October for the unification of the lightweight belt. Adam, I know that you are big on uh, Habib and being the number 1 pound for pound fighter of the UFC but when you look at Justin Gaethje and what he's been able to do as of late is he reinvented himself as a fighter and can he dethrone Khabib
1: I mean I th- I think that he has a style that could be a problem uh, for Nurmagomedov that you know that could work out he could he's got a wrestling background he's not a necessarily an elite level wrestler but he's got enough I think in his in his base of wrestling to maybe keep the fight standing at least for some time uh, to to fight off a couple of takedowns and keep it standing and if it's standing that's Gechi's world. I mean, I know Nurmagomedov has improved, but Gechi will take shots all day and he will and he will fight back and he'll make it exciting as long as it's on it's on the feet. Now, I do think despite this wrestling base we talk about that if it goes to the mat, it's a lot of problems for Gaethje, just like it is uh, for anybody else that's going against Domagomedov. But I think Gaethje will at least make it interesting, at least be standing long enough. And the longer it's on his feet, the more chance that, that Gaethje has to uh, to do some damage and to uh, put a, at least a scare in an Amagomedov. I wouldn't put it past... Gaethje to actually pull an upset here and, and spring a victory, and I rarely ever think anybody has a shot against Nurmagomedov. I mean, I, I, I basically said there was zero chance that McGregor could beat uh, Nurmagomedov, and and I think Gaethje at least has a, a significant opportunity uh, to go in there and be the first one to finally solve could be Nurmagomedov, but here's one thing to look at. Ha- uh, emotion is really, really hard to handicap, and I think oftentimes we talk about emotion going into a sporting event, and you just never know which way it's going to go. So I think afterwards, you know, if a team gets blown out after some, you know, tragic event happens, you're like, oh, man, that, that just zaps so much from them. And if they have a great performance and blow somebody out, you're like, wow, like that really rode that emotion to the to the victory. Yeah, it's the narrative usually develops afterward. And it's really hard to to anticipate where that's going to go. And, you know, Nurmagomedov has had a very difficult year, obviously, dealing with the loss of his father, who's not just – I say this, not just his father – which is obviously more than enough that anybody uh, has to go through that. but his coach, his spiritual advisor, like everything about him as a fighter was the personification of his father. And so now his dad is gone. And so how does that go? Does he come out like unbeatable now and it's like nobody could touch him because he's just riding that emotion or is is, is a lot drained out of him and a lot taken out of him and, and he uh, becomes vulnerable all of a sudden? I, I don't know. I don't know how to read that emotion going into the fight, but I think it will be a storyline afterwards.
2: That was a great assessment by you, Adam, Uh, the thought that, you know, he will be for the first time without his father. That's going to be huge for Namagomedov. And we'll keep updating you as it gets closer to this fight. But right now, let's take a break, hear a word from our sponsors. and we come back, we're going to get the full boxing update from Sam Gordon and talk about this week's upcoming fights in Abu Dhabi. So stay tuned right here on the RJ Ringside podcast. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Well, my team is the 49ers, guys. I hate to tell you that on the Vegas Nation podcast, but I'm looking forward to Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle coming back to the season. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching welcome back to the rj ringside podcast it's heidi fang sam gordon and adam hill we're gonna start getting into this fight card holly holm Irene Adania coming up in Abu Dhabi at the Flash Forum on Saturday. So this fight card is going to be one where, you know, you look at it on paper, Adam, and you think... Ah. You know, maybe there's not so many great fights on it. Um, Although I think Carlos Condit's a little bit buried down there with another veteran of the game and Court McGee. I am kind of looking forward to that. The natural born killer coming back. He was one of my favorite all-time fighters starting with WEC days and coming up through the UFC until he started suffering just a litany of injuries. And and, then he's just kind of been a shell of himself lately. Uh, Doesn't seem to have as much killer instinct as we used to see from him in the past. So uh, what do you make, first of all, his return to this card? Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, a guy that we thought was going to you know, be retired. I mean, he was retired. He's retired kind of a couple times. A couple
2: times. times. Yeah. <laughs> but, MMA retirement. You, know, you
1: just really... <laughs> You don't really know, uh, you know, where he is in terms of what he wants in his future, uh, how much he wants, how many times he wants to fight, if he just wants to get a couple fights in, if he wants to actually try to make a run again. Uh, but it's been a long time since we saw Carlos Condit at the top of his game, and you know, I, I think we still remember him as somebody who's so dangerous, both standing on the ground. There's so many things he could do, so many ways he can win fights. Uh, but it's been since um, I'm looking at it right now, 2015 was his last win. He does have five straight losses now, and he's fought some pretty good fighters, uh, but it it's been a while since we saw him uh in the win column now the positive side when we see guys take a bunch of losses he's only been knocked out i think once uh in his career so it's not like he's taking a whole lot of you know well, he's taking plenty of head trauma but he's not he's not getting you know knocked out over and over again and having that wear wear down his body uh, so i i'm excited I mean i think anytime you see guys like that that you've watched for so long that you've paid attention to you their career it's always kind of cool to see them back in the cage and then afterwards you're like I don't need to see that guy fight again like I don't want to see him lose it just it's 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 difficult at times but uh yeah I think I think that is a name that I think people at least will tune in for and and want to check out and maybe you check out his fight and you see some other fighters but uh yeah Carlos kind has the talent we just haven't really seen it come together in a while
2: all right so Holly Holm as well when you start talking about people who haven't had things come together in a while um you for a while there was getting title shot after title shot and just couldn't see it come to fruition. But now she has this main stage opportunity against Irene O'Donoghue who I think has had uh, a, a good showing so far in the UFC, and her style of boxing is pretty good, pretty solid, but Holly Holm, I think, as a striker is much more dynamic, although what drives me nuts sometimes is that she's kind of always countering, waiting on, on that opportunity, waiting on that perfect window when you just kind of want to see her slice and dice, so what do you make of this matchup between the two of these girls?
1: It, it's, it really is amazing every time you think about it, and as you pointed out, and uh, Sam, I know you... Uh, You've, you've dealt with boxing a long time and kind of understand the, the counter-striker narrative and, and things like that and how much different it is if you're the aggressor and you're a counter-puncher. Holly Holm is so much better as a counter-puncher. She was as a boxer. She is as a mixed martial artist. And I'm, I'm bringing this up to just point out the fact that how ridiculous, how utterly ridiculous Ronda Rousey's game plan was against Holly Holm. It was just so bad. Yeah. To just, Holly Holm, when, when you don't attack her, when you make her uh, kind of, you know, decide when to come forward and try to make her strike first, she looks like a totally different fighter. She doesn't look dangerous. She looks like she just kind of waits back. We saw, against I mean, even against Raquel Pennington in a winner last fight, there was just nothing there. There was a lot of grappling, a lot of pushing against the cage, and it just, Holly Holm is a totally different fighter when you don't attack her, when you don't let her react to you. And yet, Ronda Rousey just ran forward with her, with her head up into it. Just doesn't make any sense. Hands down, head up for for bad, as long for as long as, the combination, right? yeah, <laughs> for as long as I watch fighting, I will never understand how ridiculous that game plan was. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what Arena uh, Aldonda does because you know she's a she's a really good boxer and and she comes from that world and she can strike. But Holly Holm is elite at that. And, and I think uh, if Aldana has the right game plan, I think what she'll do is uh, kind of wait back and make Holly Holm go first and then, you know, get her off, you know, count, try to counter the counter striker. Uh, because I, I don't think if, if Aldanya goes forward and she tries to be the aggressor, I think she's going to be in a lot of trouble uh, because the strengths match up in that way. So I think you, uh, you make Holly wait back. You don't let her uh, counter you. And uh, make her decide to come forward and try to press the action, and that's when uh, you can be in a little bit better position.
2: Sam, what's your take on this one?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I'm with Adam. I I, th- I remember it was actually the first card I covered in person was uh, that McGregor card, uh, his last fight, and the Holly Holm and Pennington were on the um, the co-main event. And I remember you know talking to Adam just about how you know how dull that was because like he was saying there was not a lot of action there, and she didn't you know isn't necessarily. Um, When she's the aggressor, that's not that's not her game. So uh, if if she's put in a position to be a counter puncher to to use her boxing to be able to be reactive, uh, I think she's in for a, a big day on Saturday.
2: All right. I also want to come back to you here and get the boxing report from you. There's still some fights happening here in the MGM bubble. Um, Anything that we should keep our eyes out for, Sam, that's happening coming up here on the horizon? I know we have a a really big fight at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: for sure. Well, this week uh, in the bubble, we have Jose Zabeda and Ivan Baranchek uh, at junior welterweight 10-round bout. Um no titles on the line there, so not necessarily the the main event that we're gonna be getting to later this month. But I wanted to, to circle back to the um Kabib and, and Gaethje fight because a little bit of boxing news happened there and regarding to that, that, that date is October twenty fourth. And what we learned today is that Javante Davis's fight against Leo Santa Cruz, which was scheduled for the same day, has been moved to October thirty first. And not just that, Heidi and Adam, it's been moved to the Alamo Dome and there are going to be fans. So it will be the first major fight. Uh, since boxing has resumed amid the coronavirus pandemic with fans. Uh, credit to Mayweather Promotions, to Showtime, uh, for getting that done, for, for, figuring, for figuring that out, to PBC and everybody who was involved there. So I think what we're going to see, depending on how that goes, now, look, you're not going to get a packed house. We know that. They're, I'm sure they're going to have to be spaced. There's going to be some regulations and whatnot. But I, that, that could serve as a blueprint for, for how to contest fights with fans moving forward. And then on top of that, with the clearance, Governor Syslac's clearance this week allowing uh, f- events with ten percent capacity, uh, you gotta you gotta think uh, Fury Wilder three again uh, in December. Now we talked a couple weeks ago: is that feasible? No fans, or still wasn't clearance or anything like that. But it looks like uh, Top Rank is gonna move forward and, and try and get that fight done at Allegiant Stadium with a limited audience in place. So that would be huge. That would be huge. The fact that that. We're going to start getting some fans at combat sports. Uh, certainly a long way to go. Certainly going to have to see how everything plays out. But, but this combat sports, and I'm sure Adam can attest to, is it's so much different when there are fans there. And you've heard some of these fighters over and over. When you land a big punch, there's generally a reaction. And not to not have a reaction, so many guys feed off of that, um, and women as well, feed off of that when they're in the ring, to not have that for, for so long and now to finally maybe get some fans in attendance, I think is, it bodes well for the sport and maybe could serve as a blueprint for, for getting fans in the seats down the road as well.
2: So I wanted to come back to you too about uh, the Charlo brothers because yeah. we had um, Jermall Charlo. He won, yep. uh, and so did Jermal, uh, but uh, different ways, I believe, if I remember <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, yep. And, uh, but after the fight, we saw Jermall Charlo, Talking about, he wants to fight Canelo, yeah, and that he would go do it at, at 168 or um, even higher than that, the next weight class up. So, what do you think about the the probability that that would actually happen?
0: Yeah, yeah, that well, to me, that's that's the fight to be made for Canelo Alvarez right now. I mean, he needs. You can continue beating these guys, you know, the Daniel Jacobs of the world, the Sergey Kovalev's, great fighters. Don't get me wrong, but to to for Canelo to really solidify his legacy and to continue building what's already a tremendous legacy i think he needs another marquee victory over over somebody undefeated in their prime like like a Jamal charlo and Char- he was fantastic charlo was fantastic absolutely fantastic on saturday um dismantling sergey Derovachenko. i always have trouble with his name he was yeah, he, outstanding he's I mean, very very like clinical that. performance and prove that hey he's you know he is here he is one of the top i would say one of the top 15 or 20 fighters pound for pound Um, in the game right now. And and then, like you mentioned, his twin brother, um, Jamel was also phenomenal uh, with a knockout victory over Jason Rosario. Dropped him three times before eventually stopping him in the eighth round. So uh, these guys are continuing to build a profile, continuing to build their brands, and continuing to merge as legitimate challengers. I would love to see Jamal and and Canelo uh, it's you know we as we know Canelo's still tangled up in that zone thing so I don't think we're going to see him anytime this this year and probably not until the first half of 2021 but if you, want a marquee, if you want a marquee comeback fight for Canelo, I don't think there's anything better to be made than Canelo um, Charlo. I don't want to see Canelo against a 38-year-old, 39-year-old Triple G again. We've already seen how that played out. That was a couple years ago. Things have changed a lot since then. As we know, Triple G did not look good against Jerry Charlo Alvarez is the fight to be made, 168. I hope it happens
2: all right great stuff there and uh, i think that'll do it for us here on the rj ringside podcast today you guys can follow both sam and adam on twitter at adam hill lvrj and sam's at by sam gordon i'm at heidi fang and make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening drop us some comments there once you do we love hearing any feedback that you guys have and we will be back next week today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports book experts.